Kiss me, fat boy. 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 Warning: This podcast may contain language that's explicit and content that's explicit, and there might also be triggering content that can be. Disturbing to some viewers. Uh, viewer discretion is advised, so listen with caution. Spoiler warning. The, there are tons of spoilers in this podcast, so please watch the movie or read the book that's addressed before you do so. Otherwise, you uh, come at your own loss there. The views expressed in this podcast are opinions, and those are not necessarily those of the host and or the sponsors. This is a fan podcast. It is not endorsed by Mr. King or any of the entities or companies involved with the publication or release of any of his works on various platforms. Okay, so we're just going to do a spot check really quick. Um, I got this is I'm sorry, and I got Mike with me. Say uh-huh. hi, Mike. Hello. So today we're going to uh, we started watching the movies, um, the Needful Things movies, and do a quick check in. Uh, and then we'll pause it. Of course, you won't know that because it'll all be edited together, and then we'll finish it up. But okay, so the the movie starts right away, jumping right in there. So the cast was not exactly what I pictured when I was. That's like my big. It's like fifty fifty on the cast. First of all, I had a little bit of a Mandela effect. I really thought that Donald Sutherland was Leland Gaunt, and instead it's this um, Max. Let's see what his name is. Max von Sido, which he was in, I never really heard of him. He's a Swedish French actor, so I wonder if that's his real accent or if that's a put-on accent. Yeah, probably is. His, He's, yeah, kind of sounds like a transatlantic accent, like you said. Yeah, when they got when they kind of got different. Uh, well, Swedish people have like weird accents anyway, don't they? Because yeah. there's so many languages that they speak and influence them. Yeah. Did I say he was Swedish? Yep, Swedish yeah. and French. Yes, he's dual. He got dual citizenship. Yeah, his his uh, birth name is Carl Adolf von Sydow, which yeah. I would go by Max too. <laughs> Carl Adolf. <laughs> yeah. You mean you don't want everybody to be like, "Hey, what's up, Adolf?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see what he was known for. What is he known for that we've actually heard of? He was in the Seventh Seal, which was angry. Ingmar Bergman's movie, which that was like, that's what I've seen because my mom likes old movies. That's why I've seen him before because he's been in like a bunch of old movies. Yeah, look, here, here, right here. Greatest story ever told. Yeah. He's kind of hot right there in 1990. Yeah. He was kind of hot for him, you know. Got blonde hair. He was in Flash Gordon. Wow. What year was this movie? He was in Never Say Never Again, which was a James Bond movie. Yeah. Now, you said that he was the Three-Eyed Raven, yes. Game of Thrones. Yep. And, and uh, what else did you say he was in? He was also in Shutter Island, uh, and then uh, which we've seen Minority Report as well, which I've seen. A was he the old guy in Minority Report yeah, that was like the mentor? Okay. Okay, well. I was anyway. also in Star Wars as well. Everybody's in yeah. Star Wars. That's like saying you went to... to uh, Disney World. Everybody goes to Disney World. Yeah. But, you know, so far he's been okay. We've watched halfway through, 
and uh, he's 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 doing all right. Um, I think maybe Donald Sutherland might have been too had much too much baggage to bring the part, but I really thought it was Donald Sutherland my whole life. Mandela effect. Yeah, Mandela effect. And then Ed Harris is Alan Pangborn, which I think he's a good cast, but I always I pictured Alan being a little bit hotter. And and Ed Harris is hot, but he's got that, you know, he's he's just not the he's not as what I was picturing. So, and then Bonnie Bedella Bedelia is playing Polly, and I was I wasn't sure who she was off the top of my head, but she looked so familiar. And then I looked it up, and she played in a lot of soap operas, and she also, um. Love of Life was her big soap opera, which I never heard of that. But um, she was the wife in Die Hard One and Two. So there's that. So what? It, and then I think she's just been in a lot of different things. Um, she's not what I pictured Polly. Polly's described as very sensuous and with a good figure, and that lady just doesn't have it for me. Not that she's ugly, but I just picture something different. So. I didn't picture the poofy, weird hair. I mean, I know it's dated, but even back then, there was more attractive hair, in my opinion. But so far, the st the star of the show is Amanda Plummer playing Nettie. She is not exactly what I pictured, but she's doing such a good job on it. And Danforth Keating, or Buster Keaton, the guy playing him is doing a great job, but I pictured a fat guy that was bald and like red or tan or something. But he's doing a really good job. And the um, deputy Norris, he's all right. He's he's kind of mm -hmm. somewhat. I picture a little bit of a, a less attractive man. They're trying to make attractive actor look unattractive. Brian Rusk is Shane Meyer, which I was trying to see. He looked very familiar. Uh, he was from this Matthew Shepard story. That's probably his big claim to fame. But that's all I really wanted to say about the cast, other than. Um, that's pretty much the cast is just, it is what it is, except the Catholic priest is, has an Irish accent and the Baptist pre preacher does not sound Italian, even though Stephen King was like, no, no gambling, no gambling today. Yeah. I think that's Stephen King trying to sound Southern, which is so funny. He should just stick with his weird Maine accent mm -hmm. um, that he does so well when he does those, oh yeah, you know, yeah. and all that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um. So they completely changed a lot of things from the book, which to me seems silly. I know Stephen King has a lot of, especially at this point in his career, he had a lot of ability to say yes or no to things. And I do not understand why they changed so many little things that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Like. Like Brian Rusk's. In the yeah, Brian Rusk is like, even though he's a kid, he's like the one of the main characters of the book because he starts everything. He's the first purchase he's the first um prank that starts the ball rolling and his prank is the one that causes the first death in town mm -hmm. so they um they decided to go a completely different route with him from like square one when it came to um he goes up there he is the first customer in the movie just like in the book but instead of it being um sandy Colfax, it is mickey mantle which yeah. is so crazy um, because I, what a thing I liked about it is I've even heard of Mickey Mantle and I don't even like baseball. I don't hate it. I'm just not, I'm just not, it's not my thing, but everybody's heard of Mickey Mantle, kind of like Babe Ruth. 
And so for them to change it, because the whole thing with Sandy Koufax was that I hadn't heard of him, and then I got an explanation about who he was, and he's a big deal. But the point was that he and his father collected all of the 1956 cards, and Sandy Koufax would probably not be as worth as much as a Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle worth a lot of money. He was saying Mickey Mantle was worth $65 in the 90s. What do you think about that? Does that sound... Wouldn't he be worth more than that? Probably be more than that. In the 90s, I think Mickey Mantle cards. I have to remember because it's been a long time since it's, it was the 90s and I collected those cards. Uh, but a Mickey Mantle card was just like super expensive. I yeah, think it, it would be like, 100, uh, over, like hundreds of dollars back in the 90s. See, I just imagine because that's back when people really collected cards in America now because Mike's dad sells uh, sports cards. And a lot of his business is international right now. Through eBay and stuff like that, so he sell he sold them since Mike since Mike was a kid, and um, back in those days, you know that was something you just didn't really get a hold of. I thought that was kind of like that would be thousand dollar, but because people really collected them because it's it's based on demand. Yeah, the reason why people don't really collect cars anymore, nobody cares. But back in those days, everybody's like, oh man, you found the, you know, like the. Uh, this car is going to pay my children's education, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just imagine Mickey Mantle would be in that caliber, wouldn't you? Yeah. Especially I'm, from 1956. Yeah. Well, even like, well, now, like, now Sandy Koufax car would probably be like that. But, yeah, I back mean, then. Sandy Koufax was still a big deal back then. I mean, but, like you said, you know, Mickey Mantle, everybody knows Mickey Mantle. Besides, it kind of makes the story a little bit weird because, because, uh, Nah, shit. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in just a second. I know oh, exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And he, this is the thing that, this is the reason why I said let's stop it and point this out now before we forget because I wasn't in the mood to write a bunch of stuff down. Because, mm -hmm. like Polly Chalmers, I have a little bit of arthritis in my hands. Mm -hmm. So my hands are not feeling like um, handwriting or typing a bunch of stuff out today. So, anyway. Um, but yeah, so right away they do all these changes. The, um, Polly and Nettie work at a cafe called The Spot or The Dot or something like that. And it's just silly. And uh, she has arthritis in the in the movie, too. But it's not, like, they're not showing it, like, as prevalently as they did in the book. Like, right away, it was just like, yeah, her hands are there. She wasn't rubbing her hands or doing anything. Alan proposes to her within the first... Um, few minutes of the movie and I don't remember him proposing to her yet I thought he had a ring in his pocket or was going to yeah. but it never happened and then um, she sent Nettie over to bring the cake from her st store but that's not what happened what happened in the book was that Polly was his neighbor she brought a cake over that Nettie had made and I think Nettie it was an apple pie in the in the movie but in the yeah. in the book it was like a some kind of cake mm -hmm. and she was just really good she worked at her sewing shop and she was good at baking so she had her do it plus her hands um, kept her from doing things like that because she was a manager at the um, sew shop so she didn't have to use her hands anymore she had employees to do that but here she is working as a waitress not mm -hmm. even I'm not sure they haven't kind of seemed like oh she owns it or not. I say if she does own it, then they should have thrown a Mr. What's what's her name? Wilma? Jerzyk. Wilma Jerzyk out. They acted like, yeah. oh, let's work with you, Wilma, as you come in. Which didn't, none of that happened in the book. But yeah. anyway, so, you know, now Nettie did go out and check the, the store out in the beginning when he has open house, which was kind of what was going on in the movie. Mm -hmm. And she ran into Wilma, but she had her dog with her. No, she can't raid her at home. 
And Wilma was there with her husband. By the way, they're now turkey farmers, <laughs> which is so stupid. Um, that's not, that wasn't, they were a little bit more sophisticated in the, uh, in the book. I don't know what he did, but it was, they weren't turkey farmers. Um, so anyway, mm -hmm. but Brian, you know, he's the first customer before it happens. He gets his card and he right away does the prank within a few minutes. It's, it's really fast because the book is slower because he has time to build up. Yeah, you have to build up. Yeah, but in the book, it's just like, boom, here we are. So... After they run into each other at the store, and she's screaming at her about her dog, which that none of that happened. That was all in the past, but I guess that's okay to bring that forward just to kind of make it happen. But um, anyway, so all that's messed up. And then Alan goes to see Leland right after that. Like, yeah. how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, let's eat some of this uh, apple pie, which had some cheese to go in it, which Mike has never heard of putting cheese on apple pie, guys. Yeah. I never had it, but I've heard of it. I can't believe you never heard of that. They're talking about Maine, and I've heard it south. Yeah. Is yeah. America as apple pie? What's wrong with you? With cheese on it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, um, and then of course, the town drunk doesn't get a foxtail. He gets a letterman, jacket. a letterman jacket, which I'm pretty sure somebody got a letterman jacket in the book, but it wasn't this guy. Yeah. And he gives him just a knife instead of a corkscrew, which I don't know. A corkscrew seems more devious. Yeah. And it makes sense because he's an alcoholic. Yeah. For him to kill the dog with that. But anyway, because he kills Raider, and that's coming up. But yeah, Brian right away does his pranks one on top of the other. Yeah. And, and he the, just threw on apples instead of the. Yeah, so he does the he goes to the chick, the turkey farm and gets turk mud mixed with um, turkey, turkey faces, and uh, throws it on all over those uh, blank wind, um, crap sheets. Yeah, and so she runs at it. She's like mud and shit. Yeah, and it's like the whole point in the book was it was mud, but she thought it was shit. She thought that that um, Nettie had wiped dog shit all over mm. her. That was the point, but she thought it was mud. And it hit her face and. When it hit her face, it scared her so bad. So the reason why she got so angry is because she was scared and she didn't right. like to be scared. Yeah, she was a bully. Scared, yeah. So she did not like to be in a position of being, you know, not having power in every situation. Yeah, she was vulnerable. That's what scared her most. Yeah, and that's what made her so ragey. So she's all screaming and everything. And then she calls and threatens Nettie at the diner, which is fine. It's not that big of a deal to change that, that situation. Except that the diner didn't exist in the book. So she goes, you know, and that, that happens. And then right away, Brian's back there with the... So they cut all this. They show him being confronted by Mr. Gaunt saying, that's my card. You haven't earned it yet on the cliff of a, of a, you know, the shores of the um, mm -hmm. the ocean in Maine. But I don't know. I just think that the whole buildup, because he was torturing Brian the whole time. They haven't showed any of his family. They haven't shown any of the Elvis chicks, which yeah. is his mom was one of the two Elvis chicks. That showed his brother. They haven't done anything that builds up to the torture of this child. Instead, they just had the child standing there staring at him and looking at him and looking all sad and stuff, but they're not showing any of this internal dialogue that was torturing Brian, and it, I think it's important. So, and then, of course, Dan Danforth is, you know, an, another thing, Danforth was hiding that he was about to be audited. No one knew about it because he was, you know, kind of his own little entity. Mm-hmm. But in the in the movie, Alan shows up and confronts him, saying that the, he's been called by the authorities to attend a meeting, an audit or something like that. 
And that's just, you know, that's just not what's going on. And, and of course, um, Buster did allude to at the bar, oh, they're following, they're, that's how they get you. So they're already laying the seeds of his um, paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. Yes, it's them. It's them. Yeah, them. them. They yeah. get you. And then, of course, um, Hugh Priest is uh, the guy who, he gets a foxtail in the book, yeah. and he gets the court, um, the court screw. <laughs> and he's a court screw to kill the dog, but in the movie, he just gets like a pocket knife. And, um, of course, it might be a Swiss Swiss army knife that might, that has a court screw, I think. Yeah, but um, anyway, so that's different. And... Uh, that's pretty much, they're, they're making these come forward, and they're not giving a lot of background. And I know you can't give too much um, background in a movie, but that's kind of where we're at right now. So Now, another thing that happened that I forgot to say that we were, might have been alluded to was that um, the one of the last things that kind of like towards the middle of the uh, climax, it's not obviously... Um, the end of the book, but it's kind of like what really just happens is that Brian does the, he th- comes over and throws a bunch of rocks. He breaks in their house and throws rocks all in the house. And that's what causes the big fight that um, between Wilma and Nettie, the, the first murder, and then he ends up, Brian takes his life because of the guilt. So in the book, he is got rocks. He goes over there it's towards the end of the climax. Then in the movie, all of a sudden, within the first hour, he's already, and it's a two-hour movie, he's already um, throwing, but it's apples. It's green apples. And he's doing it from outside. Now, they didn't say how he did it. They just said that he broke in and did it. So he's doing it from outside while the while the husband's feeding the turkeys or whatever. Yeah, he did it outside in the book, too. Because he had he? it in a cooler on the back of his bicycle. <laughs> I thought he brought it in. No, he had a cooler on the back of his bicycle. Okay. That's how Alan, you know, figures out that he yeah, needs to go I know that. Uh, yeah, but in the movie, it's apples, and yeah. he's throwing them, and uh, that's another thing that he, in his mind, because um, the way that the needful things, it, it makes everybody feel good, which in the, and then Nettie also, that's another thing, Nettie grabs a little knickknack, like a little clown or a little boy or something. Yeah. In the movie, in the book, it was um, Carnival Glass. Shade, yeah, lampshade, which was weird because she never used the lampshade, she just held it, which I thought was strange, but that's okay. But every time she got one, it made her feel good, it reminded her mother. Uh So, people have these good flashes in the uh, book, and then in the movie, Nettie had a flashback of her husband being beating her and killing her, you know. So, and then Brian, you know, his flash is that he's seeing Mickey Mantle play on the field, which is fine, but um. Anyway, so what's crazy about the whole thing is that he doesn't, none of that happens. It's sometimes negative, it's sometimes positive. But what you were saying about what the difference, uh, why it's important that he didn't choose Mickey Mantle, because when he was throwing the apples, he could hear them say, Minnie, Mickey Mantle's throwing them, da, 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 da. you know, like he's hearing the announcer in his head. But in the book, Sandy Koufax is a. He's a pitcher. And Mickey Mantle is a. I believe Mickey Mantle was a first baseman or something. Hold on, I have to look it up just to make sure that I'm not spreading disinformation about Mickey Mantle. Yeah, because you might have some of the weird baseball crazies coming after us, writing us death threats and um, evil emails. About how. Who's an outfielder? 
outfielder. Yeah. So he didn't throw. So he would have, I mean, he would have thrown the ball like to the, yeah, to back. the infield. Yeah, he would have thrown the ball back, but he would have been up to the mound throwing the ball, which is which what they was were what announcing. Made sense. Yeah. Because that's what, that's why it was, it was silly. So Mickey Mantle was not the correct person, in your opinion, for this role, right? No, absolutely not. And you also were mad because you really enjoyed the part in the book. Yeah, my favorite part in the book, the entire book, was when when uh, Brian was uh, <laughs> when Brian was uh, picturing in his mind uh, meeting Sandy Koufax, and Sandy Koufax is, is talking to him, and then uh, Sandy Koufax is all of a sudden Leland Gaunt wearing <laughs> Sandy Koufax's uniform. Exactly. Uh, that's kind of like a. Uh, kind of like a Pennywise thing. Yeah, just like just like a Pennywise. That's a very yeah. Stephen King moment. It's a very Stephen King moment. It was like a it was it was this version of of Kiss Me Fat Boy. Exactly. And for is, those who don't know what <laughs> Kiss Me Fat Boy, if it's the, from the it the original it movie in the eighties and nineties that we love so much. Um, that's that scene is from that. It's not from the book. It's just from that that miniseries. So. If you don't know what it is, um, you have to like, Google it or something. It's really funny. But anyway, so yeah, so one minute you'll think you know you're with somebody, and the next minute you realize you're with somebody else. It's a classic Stephen King prank because his stuff is dark, but it's also kind of like dark humor too. It's not just all doom and gloom and torture. There's some humor to it. And speaking of humor, the most traumatic thing ever for this whole thing was the the, uh, the, the scene from the book that was pretty ugly was when um, Alan and Polly, Polly got it on, the description of it, especially because Stephen King was saying it with his own voice in the audible. <laughs> it wasn't exactly, you know spicy or anything it was like anti-spicy what's the opposite of anti-spice i guess bland bland <laughs> it was blandy instead of spicy but anyway so um i was like thinking are they going to show that and they never did but then that but they did show one spicy scene and uh yeah. and uh mike who was yeah. the spicy scene between well it was something that didn't happen in the book, that's for sure. Yes. It was the uh, love scene between, uh, what was it, Polly Charmers? Yeah, Polly and... Polly and Leland Gaunt. That was so uh, gross. I would have rather seen her eat a spider leg, you know? Yeah, like that. none of the spider stuff happened either. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen some of that. Now, she did break the charm, and all hell broke out, but there yeah. was no... I was very disappointed they didn't bring um, Ace into the storyline. And they didn't. And like one of the one of my favorite things from the book was uh, Lester Pratt, his whole like thing with the with Sally, you know the oh, Rudy yeah, yeah. Toot Toot, oh, Sally yeah. Radcliffe's in her birthday suit, and they they didn't even like touch on his character at all. No, I mean they? he might have been like walking around in one of the <laughs> church scenes. They did have some of the church people kind of fighting and acting irrational. Yeah, but but they didn't really, it was more the leaders of the church. It was like yeah. the Catholic priest versus the Baptist minister. Yeah. But in the book, it was like the church versus the church. You know, it was sectarian violence. 
I think, were you the one saying that at that time it was going on in Ireland? Well, yeah. Or was that someone else who said no, that to that, me? No, that was what was going on in Ireland. Somebody. Well, I, I mean, it was the Catholics versus the Protestants, but... Uh, well, that is nece- what that was. Yeah, not necessarily Southern Baptist, which is really oh. weird that they have, like, Southern Baptist, which is a Protestant, I know. I'm sure somebody will be like, well, actually. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I don't know. It's just weird that they have, like, Southern Baptists in Maine. I know. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I, I really don't. I really don't know. I haven't Googled it, but, um. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I know more about Wisconsin than I do about Maine when it comes to religion. I know that um, a lot of them, maybe there's like some Lutherans up there because Fleming's a Lutheran, but that could have also been from his German background. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Anyway, so, um, okay. So, basically, uh, the movie goes in a complete different direction. It was not good. Um <laughs> I mean, at all. all. I couldn't believe, like, I screamed. I mean, I screamed when they showed the flash of her, of Polly getting it on with Leland because he (laughs) gave her that necklace. I was like, dude, I'd rather take um, fentanyl. I'd rather snort some fentanyl than make out with this dude. Especially, and they didn't reveal at the end that what he really looked like. They basically yeah. just like threw him out of town, didn't they? And that's that kind of happened. Well, no. Remember at the end of the movie, Danforth or, or Buster or Keating. Um, yeah, and he did kill his, his yeah, wife. Well, yeah, that. he killed his wife in the book and in the movie. So Same they manner. with the hammer, right? So that they got that right. But in the movie, at the end of the movie, uh, Danforth redeems himself. He's got his uh, redemption story by strapping a bomb to his his chest. And like tackling Leland Gaunt into a building and then ex- exploding himself. Yeah, and but then, Leland. But then Leland walks out and is like, "Yeah, what was that all about?" He's like, "Oh, no, what was it?" He was he was saying that he'll uh, he'll come he'll cross paths with uh, Alan Pangorn's descendant or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Later on, like and that. then he like hops into like some old car and drives off. Yeah, Whereas, he's kind of like, like better than look next yeah. generation. Blah, yeah. Blah. But Let's like see. in the book, in the book, well, because they didn't even do like any of the the shadow puppet stuff. Yeah, they didn't do Alex, any. There's no magic. There was no magic. There was no demon. Yeah. There was no. And then him turning magic into flowers. like the freaking like leprechaun or whatever he was with yeah. his cart. Going ah now or I yeah. can't remember what it was. I but think he's like. I remember Alan was like in the book. He's like, "You may come back next year. Yeah, you may come back in ten years, <laughs> but you can must leave today or something like that. Something really, yeah, really was, stupid. Yeah, yeah. So the book overall. Yeah, so really basically good, walks though. over. Okay, because I'm trying to remember. He's like he walks up to Alan and Polly, telling them they'll make a cute couple, and he will grant, encounter their grandson in 2053. Yeah. And then, and then at the very end, um, what was it that he, at the very end he sets up, or is that only in the book? I think it's only in the book he sets up in another town. And it's like godly things or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I just, honestly, this, uh, the movie was not good. Um, for years I thought it would be interesting to watch this movie. 
I'd seen the previews growing up, and I just never watched it because I thought, because it was described as like the devil moves to town and sells people stuff. So yeah. I wasn't, I'm just not really a big yeah. devil, demon. Yeah. You know, like that stuff doesn't interest me. I'm not really yeah. into like religious stuff. Like if Stephen <laughs> King's stuff starts getting religious, um, I will stop listening to it and reading it because it's just not my jam. Like right. I like fiction. I don't want to work with st- people's interpretation. Well, like biblical interpretation. Yeah. Right? I don't want to deal because, with like, biblical mean, interpretations because well, you, you get that yeah. so much in life. I don't want to hear people's opinion about, about Christianity. Yeah. I just don't. Cause I mean like you can't really separate the two, right? What do you Stephen mean? King. Well, the spirituality and, and religion. No, 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 I'm talking about like, like I'm talking about specific religions. Like, like a Judeo Christian like idea yes. yeah, ideology or theology. It's boring. Or it's yeah. like the I, I mean seriously, I just watched um Castle Rock season one. I did a watch party, which obviously that that'll be out in later, but I did it by myself and I just, like I said, and like I will be saying in that, because this will come out first, but going for Christianity and using like the apocalypse as in book revelation, mm-hmm. I'm talking about like sp- specifically Christianity and the idea that, um, you know, that like quoting the book of Revelation, all that stuff. I just think that's like low hanging fruit. Yeah. Like be more creative. Can't you come up with something on your own? That's what my whole thing is like. How many people have done the apocalypse? Yeah. The four horsemen. How many times? I mean, there's been so many shows that's tried to interpret that and do it different. I'm just like, bring me something completely new. And he has brought a lot of things, but when they tried to kind of make it like, Like that you know, Revelations. Yeah, the Book of Revelations or something. That's where they if they if he starts doing all that kind of crap, and they were really pushing it in. Castle Rock for me. Really? Yeah, there was like a moment, and this is a spoiler to that, but it's not going to be too much of a moment, but there was a character that was all, he was he was using his toolbox, so his toolbox was, he was a minister, so mm-hmm. when he hears a phenomenon about multi, multi-dimensions like the tower and all that stuff that mm-hmm. exists in the Stephen King world, he's going to think it's God. Yeah. There was a character that was a scientist who thinks it's science. So I'm just saying, like, I get it. But it was pushing it too hard because it was creating, like, an opinion of Christianity, like, portraying it negatively through this character, even if, and it just, it kind of gives, like, its idea that there is an opinion um, about it. And I just think that that's a low-hanging fruit. And you should just, you know, there's so much fun things in in he's created in his world I just don't think we need all this who who ha about any religion, but whether I mean, it be Christianity or any religion. I, I think it's boring. Yeah, but me. isn't that kind of what the stand is, though? It's like Stephen King's interpretation of Revelation. No, that's the thing. People think that's what it means. Oh, really? That's what I'm saying. No, the stand is the best book. <laughs> it's my favorite book. I have become the people. <laughs> yeah. I See, I thought it was, I mean, I thought that was the whole purpose of it, right? Was like Stephen King's revelations. Yeah, it's that's because that's how they they treated it a, a little bit in the movie, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the newer version with Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Is more accurate to the book. Okay. So anyway, but The Stand is my favorite book, yeah. Stephen King book. Okay. Well, Randall Flagg is a really good bad guy. And he's in lots of books. And he's, he's not just yeah. in. So the thing is, is that. What I'm trying to say is, 
is that Randall Flagg, he is just like a, he's like a wizard that goes around and makes, um, he's trying to end all things. And it's bigger than like God. Because in like Stephen King lore, um, that turtle that they're always talking about in uh, It. Mm-hmm. You heard about them talking about the turtle? Yeah, I've heard too Yeah, that's some turtle. Like, he threw up the world. He threw up. He had a stomach ache and threw up <laughs> the universe, and the universe came out. Yeah. So, And then it's turtles all the way down. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, you've never heard that expression before. No, what does that mean? Oh. <laughs> well, hold on. Why are you Just doing that? But my point is, is that in Stephen King's universe, if you were to say God, God is a turtle. Yeah. And like, yeah, and, and he, but he's not, I don't know, but he has almost equals. Yeah. So I don't like, there's no, and like, like in the, in like Christianity and other religions, I think everybody almost thinks that the, like monotheistic religions that believe in one God. Yeah. They always think that he's in charge and that either every other God is fake or this part of your imagination or they're lesser gods. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the point is, is that, um, the turtle, which I don't remember the troll's name. Yeah. That carries the world on it. On his back, right? I don't know if it's on his back. I thought he threw it up. But the point yeah. is, is that he created, he created the universe. It's yeah. bigger than the world. It's the universe with multiple dimensions. Yeah. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And yeah. then the towers it's of like existence. There's like a turtle on top of a turtle on top of a turtle, which is turtles all the way down. Where did you hear that from? That's like a famous saying. From? From. If you, it's what? obviously not Stephen King. No, it is not a Stephen King But is King's that where name. he got it? Yeah. Is it like a, is Let's it see. like a. So we got. So is he borrowing from mythology? From Hindu mythology, yes. Well, see, that's interesting. The world of turtle. Okay. Well, there's also an elephant, too. All right. That's in in, in, uh, Hindu mythology. I'm sure there's an elephant when we get deeper into it. There's probably some elephant somewhere. And that was our random aside for the day. No, this is relevant. (laughs) It's not a random. What does it say about turtle? Just like a generalized. Don't don't quote it because we don't want to get no copyright people on our butts. Well, no. I mean, so I'm trying to. I'm going to the interwebs here just to make sure that I have all my turtles in a row. And uh, let's see. I wonder why it's a turtle, though. Okay, well, we're going we're going to the infinite source of wisdom here, Wikipedia, where turtles all the way down is an expression of the problem of infinite regress. The What's saying the alludes to the mythological idea of a world turtle. That supports a flat earth on its back. Now, this is what I'm familiar with. It suggests that the turtle rests on the back of an even larger turtle, which itself is part of a column of increasingly larger turtles that continues indefinitely. Wait, stop. Hold on. Before you finish, are you saying that Stephen King is a flat earther? Well, no. The turtles all the way down is a... No. Uh Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) We have... We've broken the code. Oh, my gosh. Castle Rock, it all makes sense now. I'm, we're just kidding, but that does sound like he's trying to say that the world. That, I mean, that if, well, that's just, a, that's just a, a famous saying, turtles all the way down. How in the hell have you heard that? You've never said that to me. I've known you for 20 years. You've never said that to me. Hey, yeah. this is just turtles all around. Well, Darn it. You know, Henry David Thoreau also quoted oh this, gosh, too. And I know you're a fan of his. 
But no, it's just it's one of those things. Though I am I'm full of like some sometimes uh, strange and not so really deep. appropriate knowledge. How's that inappropriate? Well, not inappropriate. Just like yeah, you know, I, I will I will agree. You do know a lot of inappropriate stuff. But this is not inappropriate. <laughs> well, this I mean, like not appropriate. Appropriate. It's actually to, on topic. To the situation or conversation. No, this uh, is on topic. You're doing it. You're like, pulling no, through. You you happen to know the history of how butterscotch was made. You know. Okay. Now but, you're getting weird. Just go but back. No, to the that's turtles. what I'm saying. But I'm just saying this. I'm I'm full of like random history historical facts. Okay. So, so if it, you didn't so know about turtles all the like, If you would like to book Mike for your um, speaking engagement, the number is one eight hundred turtles all the way down <laughs> dot org slash <laughs> slash au. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but okay. Isn't that Australia? <laughs> It would be uh, .co.au, probably. Because we love Australia. Yeah. We're going to go visit you one day, Australia. <laughs> That's right. I want to see a toilet flush in the wrong direction. <laughs> okay, because turtles all the way down. Of course, in Australia, the turtles might kill you. Probably everything will kill you there in Australia. <laughs> okay, now, so... that's a true random aside. Sorry about that, folks. It's probably not that big. They're probably like, you guys are wimps. Yeah. But... Then we're back, folks. Okay, so I don't even know how we got on. Okay, we did go on quite oh, a yeah. tangent. That was a tangent but of epic proportions, actually. Leland Gaunt, um, so he he's like, I'll get you and your little, and your little grandson, too, yeah. and then he leaves town. Which is funny because, like, so let's, let's talk more about the dicking down of Polly Charmers by Leland Gaunt. Ew. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dickering. So when he was well, talking about yeah. he likes to dickering. Yeah, he does like he, dickering, but he, he likes, also likes dickering. He dick puts and, the dick dick in dickering. Yeah, he puts the dick in dickering because he talks about the, the grandchild, right? But, uh, you know, with Leland Gaunt, you never know what's what's real life and what's fantasy. So, like, was he actually there, like, you know... Giving Polly Charmer <laughs> the real needful thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was weird because when he gave it to her, all of a sudden she was flashing. Yeah. To like, oh, yeah. I think that if she could still he the next day that he didn't get a hold of her because I feel like whatever he has going downstairs <laughs> would be like acidic and, and uh, corrosive. <laughs> so as long as she didn't have to go to the clinic, <laughs> she probably it probably was just a fantasy. <laughs> what if um, his, just like his needful thing, you know, like yeah. he, everybody got he if you touch his, if his, you accidentally <laughs> touch Leland Gaunt, you will have sex with him <laughs> in another dimension. So he puts the STD in needful things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't recommend. Yeah, we don't recommend that. Yeah, one out of ten do not recommend. Yeah, for real, we don't recommend yeah. that. I don't like the movie. Yeah, I was movie. really pissed off. I was really hoping they were going to show Ace. They didn't even show Ace. Yeah, they watered down all the. Yeah. Church stuff, which was okay, except for the Rita Toot Toot. That was kind of an interesting side story. That, yeah, Lester Pratt and they Sally Ratcliffe. Yeah, yeah that, they need to spend more the, time on the artifacts. Yeah. Well, the one thing that they did do, but they didn't have Ace involved in it at all, was the was the bombings, right? Yeah, the bombs. And then, I don't know, did he give out guns in the movie? I can't remember. Yeah, I believe he did. Cause but they weren't poison guns, though. 
That was right. They weren't like these toxic, you know, toxic guns. Wait a minute. I think I want to know what he put on them to make him toxic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit more of dickering. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you guys have a strong constitution. This might be too much. But anyway, we're just running this out. But, yeah, so um, I would say the book's good. I like the book a lot. It's one of my favorites. It's in, so far, it's like in my top five. And, uh, but I don't like the movie. But I'm glad I watched the movie. And, um, you know, Alan Pang. Gorn. Born? Pangborn or It's Pangborn. It's not Pangborn. Horn. Oh, I keep saying Panghorn. Yeah, we're My sorry. Bad. We'll never get it right. I will never get it right. He was in this season one of Castle Rock. Remember showing you? He's yeah. playing by that, that uh, old dude. Anyway, there's more to that later in another podcast, but Alan is... Uh, He's he's one of my favorite characters and in, in, that's been introduced, and I don't like him going down a dark into a dark place. Now he's in the dark half, and then he's in this, and then he's some reason in Castle Rock. Um, I don't know uh, what other ones he's in. It might be, just be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, we're gonna explore Alan a little bit more with the the dark half, which has a little bit of a confusing um, possible Mandela effect for me. So we're going to look into that. So this is it for this podcast. Um, It took us forever to get this finished, but we appreciate your guys' time. And it was kind of funny. We did laugh a little bit in this movie. So if you want to laugh and you really are really like the book, I'd recommend you at least giving it a try if you can watch it for free. Or if you want to just understand what we're talking about in this podcast. Yeah, and you're supposed to technically watch it ahead of time to not spoil yourself. So, nah, 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 nah. You got played by us. You had to watch a stupid movie. And it was stupid. It was stupid. It was terrible, actually. It was terrible. Yeah. Even for back then. Yeah. When standards were low. And I'm a fan of the Carnosaur series. Exactly. And to me, and that was the those movies are terrible, but this one's even worse. It's not <laughs> as bad as Dreamcatcher, though. So there's yeah, always that. That's and Tommy Knockers was better than maybe a hair less better than this. Well, we'll find out later because right. I have not watched Tommy Knockers, so that's that's I'm not going to be featured in that podcast, folks. No, that one's already exi- that already exists. Yeah, you're to that one. All right, guys, <laughs> bye-bye. bye bye. You have a great day. See. You.